Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Memorial Heights Baptist Church podcast. Today's message was given by Pastor DJ Ritchie on January 30th, 2022, during our Sunday evening service. We have services multiple times throughout the week that we would love to see you at. They are Sunday morning Bible study at 9.15 a.m., Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m., Sunday evening service at 6.30 p.m., and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. We also have opportunities for our students to gather. The youth group for grades 6 through 12th meets at 6 o'clock p.m. on Sundays, and our Awana program for 6th grade and under meets at 6.15 p.m. on Wednesdays. We want to thank you for spending time listening today and encourage you to share these messages with a friend so they too might hear the Word of God. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get into it. Holy before the throne of grace because of that powerful name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for sending your Son to die for our sin. We thank you for raising him from the dead, giving us forgiveness giving us eternal life, God, simply based on your grace, simply received through faith. And Father, as we now uh, turn our hearts and our minds to your word, God, as we prepare for communion tonight, God, we pray that your spirit would unite us, that your spirit would convict us, that your spirit would speak to us and shine in our hearts, God, that we would see, God, your love for us and your commission on our lives. We love and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me for a moment tonight to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to show you just a few verses tonight as we prepare our hearts for communion. And I want to look at, maybe this isn't your story, but for me, some of the verses that I think are forgotten verses in 2 Timothy chapter 1, some verses that maybe get skipped over as we focus in on some of the other powerful verses, but these are no less powerful. Now, these are final words. These are last words. The last words that Paul is speaking to the church, and possibly Paul's not sure. He knows he's about to die. He's hoping Timothy can get to him before he dies. He knows The Holy Spirit has told them that he's in the last season of life. This is the home stretch. He's finished the the, the course. He's fought the good fight. He's kept the faith. And he's hoping Timothy can get there before he goes and meets his Savior. But he is giving some final challenges. And 2 Timothy as a whole is a call to faithful endurance. It's about living a life of lasting impact leaving a legacy that extends beyond your own life, beyond my own life. And so in chapter 1, Paul reminds Timothy of his spiritual roots. He reminds him of his personal faith. He reminds him that the Spirit of God lives inside of him and that he is not a spirit of fear. He's a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind, a spirit of self-discipline. And as he reminds Timothy of this, it's for an intention, it's for a reason. I want you to look with me, 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, verse 6, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is, by, uh, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of 
of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher for the Gentiles. For this which cause I also suffer these things. What things? Well, he's about to die. He's about to be martyred for his stand. For this cause I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I want to very quickly share with you four keys to staying faithful and specifically staying faithful to the gospel. What is Paul's great concern for Timothy? Yes, it's that Timothy will remember his legacy and remember his faith and remember the gift that God has placed in him through the Holy Spirit and he will use that gift, but use it for what purpose? To stay faithful to the gospel. The first thing that Paul tells Timothy here as it relates to staying faithful to the gospel is number one, to honor the message of Christ and his messengers. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Why do we need that reminder as Christians? Why do we need that reminder? We come to Christ when we recognize that we're a sinner under damnation bound for hell, but that because of God's love for us, He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And He raised Him from the dead. We can be forgiven solely on the basis of His grace received through faith. It's not our works, lest any man should boast. So why are we ashamed? Why are we embarrassed to tell people who we serve? Why are we ashamed to let people know that we're a Christian oftentimes? Oh, well, they'll think I'm judgmental or they'll think that I'm self-righteous. Listen, why are you ashamed? Maybe I'm just speaking to myself. I've told you not long ago about the time when I moved to Scranton, Pennsylvania, fictional home of Dunder Mifflin. And I started a job, and the first day I went in, and, and my manager who hired me, she knew I was a Christian. She hired me. I, she was also a, a Liberty alumni and uh, also a believer in Christ. But I, I went in with the mentality that I'm not going to tell these people that I'm a preacher. I'm, I'm just going to become friends with them, and then I'll let them know who I believe in and, and what I believe and what, what a foolish approach. And my boss, my manager... She sold me out before I even got there. She told everybody that I was a Christian. She told everybody that I was a, a preacher. And so I showed up, and the very first night, so I hear you're a preacher. And God taught me a lesson that night uh, back in, what was that, 2008, I guess. Not to ever try to hide who it is that I serve. Not to ever try to, Listen, if people want to judge me before they know me, that's on them. That's not on me. My Savior is Jesus Christ. He's my King. He died for me. He rose again. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't, don't soft-pedal it. 
Don't be afraid to talk about sin because you're afraid of offending somebody. Friend, people aren't going to come to Christ until they know that they're a sinner. You, you can't call Him Savior if you don't know what He has come to save you from. Brokenness, despair, all of that is symptoms of the sickness, and the sickness is sin. Sin is the issue. Sin is the problem. Sin is what Jesus came to pay for and to deal with so that we can be free from all of the consequences of sin as well. But notice also, sometimes we're ashamed of his messenger. Sometimes we're ashamed of this book. Sometimes we are ashamed to stand on the truth of this book because we're afraid of offending people. Paul says, if you want to stay faithful to the gospel, you've got to stay faithful to the message of the gospel, but also the messengers, the book. You've got to stay faithful to the book. Secondly, Paul says, we have to go even beyond that. We have to, number two, partake of the suffering for the Gospels. We have to partner with those who are paying the price for the Gospel. Some people are called to pay a higher price than others. We in America have been in a very privileged place, not only geographically, but in all of human history, all of church history. We have lived in a very privileged place and time that we have suffered very little persecution as compared to most other Christians throughout history for the last 2,000 years. Now that is changing, tragically. That is changing. But are we ashamed if we do have to suffer? Well, one of the, the litmus tests for that is, are we partnering with those who are suffering? This is convicting for me as well. How much time do I spend praying for those who are persecuted for Christ, brothers and sisters in other countries? How much time do I spend praying for our missionaries? That's why we have a group for ladies every uh, first Saturday of every month, the Hearts for Missionaries. You can come on uh, Saturday morning and you can pray with other ladies in our church and pray for our missionaries. Pray for the persecuted church. But don't just do it once a month. Don't just do it when we're at church. We need to be praying for those who are paying a higher price than we are. And, and Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, right now in your life, you're, you're not in the same situation I am. You're not on death row, but you need to make sure that you're willing to stay by my side. You need to be willing to stick with me when times get tough. Listen, you find out who your friends are when you go through tough times. You find out wh who, is a, who is an associate who's a comrade in arm and who is a true brother or sister who will cry with you and who will uh, laugh with you and who will celebrate but also suffer with you. Partake of the suffering for the gospel. I need to be better, more committed, more intentional about praying for our missionaries. We have one of them here right now who's going to be uh, who, who's busy now, but who's going to be in, it, in the middle of it this summer with camp. So be praying for Andy. Be praying for New Life. Our kids just came back from, our teens just came back from New Life. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's an important ministry in our area where we see people uh, have their lives changed and recommitted to the gospel and people who come to Christ. So we need to be partners with those who suffer for the gospel. Number three, remember what Christ has given to you. Remember what Christ has given to you. Listen to, again to what 
Paul tells Timothy here, he says, Remember, Timothy, the gospel is according to the power of God. Verse 9, God, Jesus Christ, the Lord, has saved us. He's called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Look, very quickly, he's given you salvation. You're saved. In Je- if you're in Christ Jesus, if there was a time when you called upon the name of the Lord to be saved and you repented of your sin, you trusted in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and in Him only for your salvation, you have been freed from the power of sin. You have been freed from the kingdom of darkness. You have been saved. And number two, you have been given significance. You have a holy calling on your life to be part of this great commission, to be the light of the world. You have that calling on your life. That is significance. Every single person here wants to be significant. In Christ, you are significant. He has given that significance to you. And that holy calling, it's not based on our plan. Thank goodness. (laughs) Thank goodness it's not based on my plans for my life. Man, if, if I had gotten everything I wanted when I was... 16 if i got everything i wanted when i was 27 if i got everything i wanted when i was 33 my life would not be where it is today it's god's plan and god's calling and god's working in my life he brought Gigi into my life when i was ready for her and he brought elijah into our lives when we were ready for him and all of this that god has done he brought us to cumberland and he brought us here to this church and we're so privileged to be serving with you serving the gospel here memorial heights baptist church it's god's plan it's god's calling you have eternal significance number three he's given you number three and four he's given you spiritual life and he's given that life to you forever he's given you security i don't like the term eternal security even though i believe it because i i just prefer the biblical term which is eternal life these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life I have eternal life in Jesus Christ. I have life that begins today spiritually, but I have life that continues forever. And that brings us to the fourth thing. Focus on the day you will see Jesus face to face. Now, in just a moment, we're going to be observing communion together. But let me remind you now ahead of time that we do communion. We observe these things. And in so doing, Paul says, we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. One of the main reasons that we do communion is to prepare ourselves and remind ourselves that He is coming again. Because yes, He died for us, but He also rose again. And He is returning for us. And communion is something that we do. We're not going to do... I I said something today about communion in heaven. That was a... I just said that like in passing. We're not going to have communion in heaven. We will only do communion until we are with Him. And then communion will be a thing of the past. So... Let's focus on the day. Look at verse 12 again. I, I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Honor the message and his messengers. Partake, partner with those who are suffering for the gospel. Partake of that suffering. Remember what Christ has given to you and focus on the day when you will see Jesus face to face. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we thank you, God, for the gift of your Son, a gift that we cannot even begin to really comprehend.
its greatness and its significance. God, we will spend all of eternity with you, recognizing and growing in realization of the greatness of our God and the greatness of the gift of God himself to us, God, your son, Jesus Christ. And so, God, as we prepare our hearts for communion now, I pray, God, that every heart here would be focused on why we're here and who we're here to serve. And God, as we turn our hearts to the invitation time, God, we pray that your spirit would be working and showing us things that need to change, things that need to go away, and things that can go away in our lives, God, because of the power of Jesus Christ at work in us. We thank you, God, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, as we prepare once again to observe communion, it's vital as we always do, to remind ourselves what it is that we are doing and why we do what we're doing. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 14, I speak to wise men, judge ye what I say. And in chapters 10 and 11, Paul gives us five reasons. Now, we remind ourselves of this every communion service, and so I'm not going to take a lot of time to unpack these five reasons. But let me just remind you why we do this. Number one, It's called communion for a reason. We do it to unite. As we observe the Lord's table tonight, we do it corporately and we do it equally. There's uh, not male or female, slave nor free, Jew or Greek, at the foot of the cross. We all come to Jesus the same way, on the basis of faith to receive His grace, not on the basis of our works. And we are all equal in Christ, and communion is a reminder that we are one. We are brothers and sisters, one family in Jesus Christ. The word communion means koinonia, what is shared in common as the basis of fellowship, partnership, community. And so that's the first purpose of communion. Secondly, though, we also do it to separate. Paul says, I don't want you to partake of the table of the Lord while you're partaking of the table of demons. And so we observe communion as a way to separate from the world and from our false gods. We observe the Lord's table exclusively. Number three, we do it to remember. We remember what Jesus has done for us. And so tonight we observe the Lord's table ceremonially with a very serious tone because this is a very serious thing. This is not something that we do flippantly. It's not something that we do ritualistically, but we do it ceremonially to remember what he's done for us. And number four, we do it to proclaim, to proclaim the Lord's death visually, symbolically, and expectantly until he comes. This is just a picture tonight. This is you're not getting any kind of special grace through taking. There's nothing supernatural Uh, In this little cup, nothing is going to supernaturally happen when you put it in your mouth. This is not grace. This is a picture of grace. It's just a picture. It's a picture just as baptism is a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how we are given eternal life. This is a picture of the death of Jesus Christ. And it's a reminder that our sins are paid for. Our sins are washed away under the blood. And we do it too examine though also ourselves look with me first corinthians chapter 11 verse 27 
Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation or condemnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. The condemnation here is not eternal damnation, but it is the condemnation of sickness for some, and even, even death, physical death for others who do not take this time seriously. Now, none of us are sinless here tonight, okay? If you take this uh, bread and this cup, this is not a, a statement that you think that you've got it all together and that you're all fixed and, and that you're sinless. But what it is, is a statement of recognizing that you are a sinner and that Jesus' blood is what it took. Jesus' death is what it took to forgive you. And so tonight, if you're a believer here and there's unrepentant sin in your life, something the Holy Spirit has been wrestling with in your heart and you have been refusing to give up that sin to God, I would strongly urge you as your brother in Christ not to partake, just to observe. Use this time to get right with God. This is not a time when we take this flippantly. This is not a way that we get forgiven for what we are doing and being rebellious in our life. Examine yourself solemnly. Make sure that you are surrendered. And, and friend, if there is anybody here tonight, uh, I, I don't think there is, but if there is anybody here tonight that you're not sure if you're even saved, this is not for you. Uh, we would love to talk to you afterwards to help you to understand how you can know that you know that you have eternal life and forgiveness. But this is something that is for your observation, not participation. And so, verses 23 through 26, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. When we take the bread, we remember and proclaim his body broken for you. We re- when we take the bread, we remember his body. When we take the cup, we remember and proclaim his blood the sign of the new covenant, when we proclaim His death and resurrection, we do it till He come, remembering that Jesus is coming again. And so I'm going to ask you as Andy plays right now, go ahead and open up your your cup carefully. Well, that's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior and you would like to know how, please give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to share the good news with you. We hope to see you soon, and until next time, stay faithful.